If one is good, two must be better, right? In the world of self-directed IRAs, the answer is probably yes. You'll be shocked at just how smart it can be to have more than one retirement account. I'm Brian Ellis. You'll learn how right now in episode 137. You're listening to Self-Directed Investor Radio, America's only podcast exclusively for affluent, self-directed investors, where each day of the week you receive innovative investment strategy and deadly accurate market analysis that's untainted by Wall Street and unblemished by government propaganda, all in seven minutes or less. Coming to you now from iTunes, Stitcher, and SDIRadio.com, here's your host, Brian Ellis. Hello, SDI Nation. You're looking great today, people. Did you do something different with your hair? <laughs> you know, it's been nice to be back among the living, so to speak. As my regular listeners know, I've been quite ill for the past several weeks, and it was awful. I'm on a rapid climb back to full health and actually got to work a full day yesterday, which has been pretty rare lately, so... I was very happy about that. My my backlog is huge at this point, and I'm just so happy to be here with you right now. Folks, I mentioned earlier in the week that by the end of this week, I'll finish a new ebook called The Portfolio Fortress, which outlines a really great and very efficient approach to protecting your assets from financial predators. It's particularly apt for those of you with at least three to five real estate properties in your portfolio. The most common strategy these days among people who are concerned about rogue lawsuits is to put every property into a different single-member LLC, but it seems like a new court decision comes out every month or two proving that that strategy is wildly ineffective. There is a better way, and it's far more efficient than having a separate LLC for each property, and I'll describe that approach in the Portfolio Fortress. I'm going to publish that on Amazon for sale there, but I'd like to give it to you for free as a listener to this show if you request it before publication. The way you get it is to text the word FORTRESS to 33444. If you've already done that, if you've already texted Fortress to 33444, you don't need to do it again. I'll send the ebook to you today or tomorrow when it's ready, but if you've not yet requested a free pre-publication edition of it, then text the word Fortress to 33444 and I'll be happy to send you a copy when it's done today or tomorrow. So, two or more IRAs, who would ever need such a thing? (laughs) There are actually many reasons one might consider doing so, and at least one you may never have considered before that I'll tell you in a moment. First things first, there's nothing in the law that prohibits you from having multiple IRAs. You can have multiple traditionals, multiple Roths, a 401k, and a SEP mixed in for good measure. And so long as you qualify to make contributions to those accounts and don't go over the prescribed limits each year on a cumulative basis, then it's fine to have multiple accounts. And sure, there are rules. For example, if you have an employee-sponsored retirement plan, then there might be some limits to the deductions you can take from contributing to a traditional IRA outside of your employer's plan. That's an area where it makes good sense to consult with your tax advisor. But the general rule is that it's totally kosher to have more than one retirement account. But is there any reason to do it? Well, the answer, particularly for many self-directed IRA owners, is absolutely. The reason, in two words, is prohibited transactions. For my newer listeners, to commit a prohibited transaction means you've broken one of the rules that the IRS has put in place for your retirement account. Those rules are complex, but they're pretty easy to boil down. You can't do anything where the money ends up in your own pocket or the pockets of your family members unless through a proper account withdrawal. You can't use slick strategies to contribute more to the account than the law allows. You know, things like that, which honestly seem pretty reasonable to me given the magnitude of the tax advantages offered by those accounts. So here's how prohibited transactions tie into the notion of having multiple IRAs. Imagine with me, if you will, Joe Blow, who has an IRA that's worth a million dollars. He has one and only one real estate transaction in that account, and it's a small one and the rest of his investments are in stocks and bonds. That one real estate deal was for $50,000, and he made that investment five years ago. Unfortunately, he didn't know the rules, and he purchased that property from his grandfather. 
That's a prohibited transaction, and Joe doesn't even know it. So five years pass, and the IRS audits Joe. They determine his real estate investment was a prohibited transaction, and he's got to pay the piper. What are the ramifications? Well, you might think it doesn't matter much since his real estate investment only amounts to 5% of his account value, but you'd be wrong. You see, from the perspective of the IRS, Joe's entire account stopped being an IRA as of January 1st, five years ago, when he bought that property. What does that mean? For starters, it means he's got to pay back any deductions he took for the last five years for any of the contributions he's made to his IRA, and he's got to pay penalties and interest. That's a pain in the rear, but it's not much money in the grand scheme of things. But that's not the real issue. The real issue is that the prohibited transaction has that effect on every single asset in that account. And that's a huge problem, because in the past five years, Joe's made some shrewd stock investments, and he's realized profits in excess of $450,000. Since those profits were in an IRA, he had no tax liability for those profits and thus hasn't paid any taxes. But suddenly, all because of one poorly executed transaction, he's got a real problem. Joe now owes regular taxes on his $450,000 of profit. But worse than that, he owes penalties and interest. And folks, now we're definitely talking about a bill in the multiple hundreds of thousands of dollars. Again, just because he didn't understand the rules about a prohibited transaction on a tiny deal in his account. How could he have avoided this? One really easy way would have been to use multiple IRAs. Here's what I mean. Some kinds of deals, like buying publicly traded stocks and bonds, have a practically zero risk of committing a prohibited transaction. From the vantage point of prohibited transactions, those are very safe assets. But real estate transactions, and any other transactions that are inherently more complicated than just calling your broker to place an order, those are transactions where there's a real risk of a prohibited transaction. What to do? If Joe was smart, he'd simply have transferred enough money in his main IRA into a secondary IRA, and he would have done the real estate transaction in that account all by itself. Why? Prohibited transactions inherently screw up the entire IRA in which they're committed. In other words, if you mess up with any one investment, every other asset in the account suffers the same fate. And it's a fate that can be financially rather Armageddon-like. But if you're smart enough to put risky transactions, including virtually all real estate transactions, into their own separate IRA, you're inherently insulating all of your other assets from that risk. Because while a PT does result in the disqualification of all of the assets in the IRA in which it's held, that fate doesn't actually extend across multiple accounts. And that's a very good thing. That's all for today, but I have a question for you. Do you want to know exactly how Wall Street actually sees you for those of you who are considering stepping away from the stock market? In tomorrow's episode, I'm going to share with you some information that will shock you that will show you exactly the extent that Wall Street is going to make sure that they take every penny from you possible. This is disgusting, horrifying, and shocking information, folks. And the only way you'll get it is on tomorrow's show. Make sure you go to iTunes or Stitcher today to subscribe to this show so you don't miss tomorrow's show. It's one you cannot afford to miss. My friends, thank you for your time today. And remember, invest wisely today and live well forever. Thank you for listening to Self-Directed Investor Radio with Brian Ellis. Don't miss a single episode. Be sure to subscribe to Self-Directed Investor Radio right now on iTunes, on Stitcher, and at sdiradio.com. Your feedback is always welcomed via email at feedback at sdiradio.com. This show is for entertainment purposes only and is not intended as legal or professional advice for your situation. Content is the property of the Self-Directed Investor Society. 